Hello, Mr. Spears. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, man? It's, uh, it's good to hear your voice. I know, because everybody doesn't see me because I'm not on Twitter anymore. You're, you're in uh, week three of your, your Twitter banishment. Dude. I was wondering if, if, if you know, you're the Spears that's getting the worst part of this deal here. You're making it out to me like Britney's yeah. got it good compared to Got it great, you know? Somebody's managing her stuff. Me, they just locked me out. Banned, man. I could see if I did something really, like, bad. I mean, like, yeah, I deserve that, but not this. Not for Elmo. No. And then they, they Elmo, Elmo should funny uh, on Friday they sent me another one or actually two um from 2017 really? for the same tweet. So I know it's their software that's amiss. And I and I saw a lot of there there's been a lot of that going around. Um I, I think what's his name? The Barstool guy got it briefly uh yeah but i'm not i'm not a blue check mark so i don't get it like i don't get special attention yeah someone suggested to me that i apply for it when i get back try you never can you can never can tell just tell them you're not related to britain i thought that was a good thing in the twitter world it might not be a good thing why is she wild on Twitter? Now, Twitter doesn't really make that much sense anymore. Yeah, because it's a huge robot running Twitter, not any person. The guy Jack is a robot. And I know Jack he- is a racetrack, bro. It's a racetrack. That's right. Jack Thistle. Jack Thistle, the worst finish line in, in, in horse racing. Yeah, you can never tell who wins there. They, they make the, the Gulfstream turf finish line seem like uh it's it's picture perfect oh i don't know about that man that's close that's close i I was i was i gotta admit i don't watch a whole lot of thistle downs but um when i did watch some of the races from saturday's card um (laughs) i was like wow they go by the camera (laughs) it's behind the the camera's behind the finish line you're kind of getting the rear view (laughs) <laughs> Shot. It's my uh as my daughter would say, horse butts. That's that's what it was. It was horse butts. Um the Ohio Derby, which was of course the uh Jack Thistledown's uh big feature of the year. Um it was a pretty decent race actually, uh um when you, when it really, you know, look at it from the standpoint of there's so many three year old races at this time of the year that they just kind of run over the top of each other. Um, I was looking today about uh, uh, looking at the Iowa Derby, which is on Friday night at Prairie Meadows. The first call, the the first uh, Iowa Derby to call by our friend, Mr. Bobby Newman. Um, but they have a field of nine in there. And uh, it included a horse who I thought was like a mortal cinch to stay home and run in, in the Dwyer, which is uh, Nova Rags. 
who finished third in the um, in the Woody Stevens last time. I mean, it was kind of a clunk up there. He wasn't exactly a threat, but you know, Mott had cut him back to seven eighths, and and the Dwyer at uh, which I can't really figure out um, like who's going in there. Uh, Mister Bidey's reported that he thinks first captain the the Phipps uh, the the Shug West Point horse. <clears throat> Um, who's two for two, I think, uh, the curling call. He's pointing the, to the Dwyer and maybe a couple other, you know, relatively minor leaguers. But with the Dwyer on Monday, the, the Iowa Derby on Friday, and the Iowa Derby is not even a graded race. Uh, you had the Ohio Derby last week. We had before that, the week before was the Pegasus. Uh, we're not, not far the from Pegasus. Uh, the fake Pegasus. The, yeah, there you go. The second-rate Pegasus. Uh, the whipless Pegasus. <laughs> um, and then, you know, moving ahead, looking ahead a couple of weeks, we have the Haskell. And, and then after that, we have the Jim Danny and, the, and the, uh, the the Curlin. So you have this giant grouping of three-year-old dirt stakes around two turns. Um, well, the Dwyer actually is a mile race. And I was just really shocked. And maybe it's just kind of a let's enter and take a look at it. Um, but he drew outside. And the, the Iowa Derby is is not a terrible race. I mean, uh, Proxy is 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 in there. Super Stock, the horse who won the Arkansas Derby, albeit with a perfect trip, uh, he, he's in there. Um, so it's not a, a terrible race, especially for an ungraded race. But uh, um, I just think that, like at this point in time, and, and this is a theme that we've talked about before. There's so many stake races that just. Uh, there, there's not much rhyme or reason to um, the schedule, and, and and everyone's kind of like trying to capitalize on the three-year-olds. But I just wonder, like the Dwyer especially, and and the Dwyer's kind of in a tough spot because, um, you know, theoretically, you would say, well, the Dwyer's in between the Jim Dandy at a mile and an eighth, and the Woody Stevens at seven eighths and it's kind of a bridge to, to, you know, to there. And for that first captain, it might be, but of course he didn't run on the Woody Stevens, but um, I think most of the horses that would come out of the Woody Stevens, especially this year, the first two are really confirmed sprinters. And I don't know that they're going to want to go back uh, to stretch out in distance from seven eighths Um before the Amsterdam, which is at six and a half. And then, of course, the big goal for those horses in the summertime is uh, what used to be the King's Bishop, and now is the Alan Jerkins at seven ace, which is a grade one race. So um, there just seems like there's there's just too many three-year-old races at this time of the year. Right. The, the wire is, is like no man's land, basically. Um, you know, you, like you said, you know, it's it's almost the ideal race for a horse like first captain to run there to springboard into into the late summer action um so you know besides that horse i don't know who would want to really run in it before saratoga you know what i mean i i mean it's it's a tough spot right that's what i mean it's just it's just in a weird it falls totally strange on the calendar yeah, well, you know, with when they move Saratoga a little bit ahead of time, um, 
And I guess the Jim Dandy was always earlier than me, but, uh, you know, the Jim Dandy and the Haskell used to go up against each other uh, right. for, for a while. And, uh, you know, that they've been separated now by a couple of weeks. So you're, running you're not, both. not going to get anybody running in both, but <laughs> could um, technically, if we, you know, go back, a l- rewind here just a minute, we, we, um, had the Ohio Derby this was kind of the, I guess the the big race of the weekend. Um, yeah, it was the three year olds. Yeah. Well, I mean the the Foster, I guess, got pretty good billing. Well, yeah. It would have been a good race if you know someone outside of Maxfield was was in it. Yeah. Everyone in the race, but that was not a strong addition of the Stephen Foster. No, no, definitely not. That was more of a, a George Foster type. Uh, <laughs> My father had unreasonable hate for George Foster when he would play for the Mets. I guess he was mad because he wasn't the 52 home run George Foster. Anymore. I was going to say, you know, you're talking about George Foster. At least George Foster hit home runs. Steve when Foster he played for the Mets, he did, did. not. <laughs> yeah. My father is a closet Mets fan. He hates to admit it. But, but um, isn't everybody in New York a closet Mets fan? I don't know. They all wear Yankee hats like it's supposed to be some big thing. I don't get it. I don't know. Yankees stink, by the way. Um. Anyways, Mass Parade ran. I thought the horse ran actually better than people think he did. I, I, I really think. But don't think he ran well. I well, don't. No, I, think... I think he ran well, but like, I think it's been tempered because you know you don't draw off and, and King Fury. Yeah, that was better than I, that was better than the one he drew off on Derby Day. I thought. Keep me in mind, we're you know kind of close at the end, and but I, I thought he, he was in a little bit of a tough spot in that he wound up you know kind of making a move early on the backside, Earl, earlier than I would have thought. You know he would have wanted to move, but as it turns out, it was it was the right it was the right move. I mean, obviously he won, um, but there was pace pressure. On uh, Promise Keeper, Todd Pletcher's horse, um, who had shipped out, who who kind of, <laughs> um, you know, caught a, a seventy to one shot that that pressed him through a pretty quick opening quarter. And of course, I mean, I'm assuming these these times are right. Um, <clears throat> we gotta we gotta ask Craig three. And, yeah, ask Craig basically, you know. But um, and then you know, forty eight to the half. Off of that twenty-two and three, um, but it was pressure, you know. And when he collared Promise Keeper, I thought Promise Keeper—he's another one. I think he ran better than it looks. He kept on. I thought he ran very well, also. Yeah, he—he he really he didn't give in, and I think they're, they're they're all nice horses. I mean, Mass Parade. That was that was. Uh, I mean, he he broke his maiden in a race where he was placed first. So this was only the second time he's actually finished ahead of horses. Uh, you know, was the first horse across the wire. But um, you know, he, he had a really good thoroughbred number, and I'm gonna guess like he, he came close to getting it again. I, I, I don't exactly. Yeah, too. It, that was a really good performance. I thought. I mean, I may be overstating it, but I thought I thought it was better than his runaway win. 
in a sense because of you know what what the race dynamics and and everything turned out to be and he i mean he, uh the rider was ultra confident at the top of the lane um and he ran like it i mean i i thought it was very good i also mentioned the jim dandy might be uh might be in play so it'd be interesting to see uh you know how how he kind of develops and he's by upstart so uh, a new sire we're not exactly sure what upstarts how far they're going to go and what they're going to do but uh you know it, it remains well, to be seen what i do I, I do appreciate that they didn't really go too too deep into the the pool with you know just go right into a, a grade one situation with a horse that they knew has talent. Um, I thought that was like, you know, the best spot available at the best time, considering when he last ran. So um, I, I, I just expect better things. I, I think he can build upon that. I, I don't, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. No, I think that um, <clears throat> you know, Al, recognized that he had run a really big big race last time and gave him plenty of time you know there's so many spots to pick from and he looks like a horse with a future so it was it was kind of nice to see he's actually owned by a new group um i had never heard of ftg uh and that means the uh that's for the greater glory of god's stable wow and (laughs) They bought two horses in 2019, two yearlings. How and, much? Uh, this was one of them. So, uh, so they've had a, a some pretty good run of success uh, already with with their first two uh, forays. I think it's a group of five or six guys, and you know they got a they got a good guy calling the shots. Al's he's a he's a good horseman. He knows knows what where to put the horses. He's understated. He's not gonna do anything crazy. And, good. Uh, Good. You know, it just seems like uh, seems like they had a, a pretty good horse. He he might be one of the uh, you know the, the the newcomers that hadn't been on the Triple Crown Trail that might actually be a, a big factor. Um, now, I think there was probably more talk on Twitter and social media Saturday afternoon about Latrushka than anything, and it was about. 80% um, people falling to their knees and bowing to the horse like praise. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, glad I didn't see that. Like, like they, they, you know, she became ruffian overnight. Don't get me wrong. She's a nice horse. Very nice horse. And, I mean, she's won 15 out of 20. <laughs> um, yeah. I was a doubter, and she's made a believer ahead of me. And I just want to say this. That the horse of the year stuff, come on, people. Come on. Stop. They haven't even got to July. They haven't even run the Haskell yet. Horse of the year, come on. The Fleur de Lis does not win your horse of the year. How many horses were in that race again? Not many. Not many. <laughs> not many. And I think the other 20%, the non-praising were saying to themselves and, and out loud um, that she looked like she was trying to get out 
um, right from the start. Not like life is good, get out, but, uh, you know, despite all that, uh, you know, she's still got a relatively easy lead. I don't have any idea why um, the horse with the funny name, Avante or whatever, why she <laughs> wasn't, um, you know, a little closer. I, I watched the race a couple times and, and it looked like he, he didn't have a t- tight hold on her. Um so, you know, he took a touch. She outbroke the field, and then he took a hold of her. And I don't understand why he did that. Like, if I had outbroke the favorite, I would be sending it. I'm not a jockey, of course, but um, just in general terms, talking about strategy, that's that's the advantage you have, okay? All right. right. Well, Philly's a better horse. Right. <laughs> you know she's probably a little bit faster than you. But she's carrying four or five pounds more than you. And you outbreak her. So you got a relatively short run to the turn. Why don't you try to get to the lead and force the other Phillies hand? But they don't. They, and this happens a lot in, in these races, um, especially when there's a, a big favorite and the favorite has speed. Everybody just takes back. And um, Antoinette, who was coming out of, you know, slow paced turf races, uh, actually tried to put a little pressure on. And because of that, because of her placement, she wound up finishing second in the race. Uh, and I know that the, the time, the fractions were soft, and the final time was a pretty good, was a pretty solid final time. It was only a couple hundredths behind Maxfield. Um, but I don't, I, I'm just something about that feeling <laughs> that just makes me pause. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just. Uh... No, I hear you because, you know, I, I mean, you of all people got to see her quite a bit. Um, and she was never as impressive as she has been. Um, the last, I'd say, four races. So the, the race or maybe it's three. So the race she came off the bench, I, I actually had her that day. Um. No way, if you ever look at that race, that you would think that she would springboard into what she's doing now. Um, however, race shape, pace, dynamics, so on and so forth, just like you said, you know, they kind of backed off and let her do her thing. Um, I mean, I guess the best race I've ever seen her run was in Arkansas. And I don't know if she could, she could do that again. I, I, I doubt it. Um, so I would be highly skeptical, just like you going forward, unless she catches fields like she caught on uh, Saturday where there was nobody there and nobody wanted to run with her. She's right. going to win. I mean, she's not a slouch by any means. But I, I, I can understand the skepticism. Yeah, I'm just... Uh... And, I, and listen, I want her to do well. I mean, she's the type of horse like... Not that rooting helps anything, you know, doesn't make them run faster, actually. <laughs> Seems like it makes them run slower a lot of times. But, like, you know, it's a non-super trainer. It's a guy that's clearly willing to race the horses. The filly, uh, you know, is down in Mexico and she comes to the U.S. And, you know, she, she even last, you know, last fall, she kind of had a couple races that were clunkers. And mm-hmm. 
she tried to run off on the lead in one race at Belmont, where she kind of did run off on the lead. And, and I know she's not an easy horse to train, but uh, I, I really I, I want her to do well. I'm just I'm just a little skeptical. But right, uh, waiting for that other shoe to fall off. Yeah, the other shoe to drop. And I wish people wouldn't start with this horse of the year nonsense. How could she win? How could she? There's no way. Well, you know what it is, is that A, there's not a whole lot to talk about. And B, there's no one else who's like once strung three in a row. I would have a hard time saying that um, uh, the, the her body of work right now, which, you know, consists of beating um, Swiss Skydiver, who came back and you know, lost again. And uh, Monomoy Girl, who went to the shelf. And then they ran her in the race, you know, the, the, the on Belmont undercard, where they just gave her the race. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or a bunch of scratches. They just let her go out of the lead. And then here, I mean, it's... And then she had that race at San, San Houston against, you know, second Raiders. It used to be that if a Philly was going to win Horse of the Year, she had to, number one... She had to beat Colts. Period. Who was the Larry Jones horse uh, eight, nine years ago um, that took advantage of a year where the best Colts beat each other up and early retired? Arms of Grace? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Is that she, it? I think she was, uh, she was like one of those fillies that took advantage of the fact that, um, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, um, you know, there, there wasn't anybody else that that accumulated that track record, and then I, I, it's, it's kind of like that. In that, I kind of uh, felt that way about Royal Delta a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look at look at like our older horses, and it was funny because someone on Twitter had said something about Maxfield. Yeah, you know, nice race. Let's see when he, you know, he steps up um, against Grade One competition, and and my comment was, who's good? Right. I mean, like who who's out there? Like the the, the early season leaders were, were clearly Nick's go and Charlatan. Charlatan's retired. Nick's go is, is relegated to running grade three races on <laughs> at Prairie Meadows. Right. So he's trying to rebound. Um, you know, he came off the, the Met Mile race where he just kind of stunk. And uh, the California older horses are, are in disarray. Um, I mean, like who's good? You know, the, 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 the Godolphin horse uh, mystic guide, right? Well, he won the um, he won the race at Fairgrounds, and then he went over to Dubai and won that race. But, I mean, who knows when we're going to see him again? I don't know. I mean, like you Your said. Your horse, Todd's horse. Uh, Happy Saver. Happy Saver. Well, you know who, who, who he's was, unknown still. He I mean, was kind of a workmanlike win when his comeback. It wasn't bad. It wasn't spectacular. But it, you know he, he won. Yeah, <laughs> looks like he'll set him up for something else. But he's gonna have to move forward from that. Right. Everybody's kind of a question mark. You know. Um, still looking for somebody to step up in that older division. I mean, I guess you have to give it to Maxfield right now. But, you know, I mean, Brendan Walsh after the race kind of says, like, well, they might run, like, one more time. 
for the classic. <laughs> and I get it, you know, like if you want to like come up with horse of the years and, and, and you're gonna side with the horse that's actually running versus the horse that don't <laughs> run, okay. You know, I mean I guess that's yeah. the world we live in right now. Well the whole uh <coughs> excuse me, the prevalence tobacco I guess didn't didn't resonate. <laughs> Are you all right? We're gonna have to send the uh... no. We're okay. Sweet tarts. <laughs> You're not supposed to snort them. You're supposed to eat them. That's not what the package says. Oh man! <laughs> You're having like a sugar attack here. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, but I mean, did he did he learn anything from from prevalence? I mean, no, that didn't that that clearly did not work out. It's it's hard, and and you know, people have to understand too that the trainers are not they're not on the the shots, and a lot of these horses they're not calling the shots. They might be a voice, but. Most of the big outfits, there's people um, that are that are you know helping you decide where you're going to run. <laughs> it's it's not like it used to be. It's just it's just not, and um, and it's a little uncomfortable for those guys to be able to actually admit that. I mean, they're not going to come out and say things like you know I didn't really want to run here, but they made me because you piss those you piss people off enough, and they'll take the horses. <clears throat> but it, the, the, well, I mean the that's thing. nothing new though. I mean, uh, no. trainers and owners disagree a lot. <laughs> no, it's not the owners; it's usually the people the owners hire to run the things. Well, yeah, in that case, I'll put it this way: an outfit like Godolphin, they, they right? Run. They got they got a racing manager or somebody. Yeah, they got lots of several. So, a conglomerate. Uh-huh. I think the one thing that the Latrushka race did kind of show is that if you have a good horse and they're training good, just put them in a race. Just <laughs> run them. They're going to like concede almost. Sometimes you're just going to let you run your well, own that's race. Like that no. garbage grade one, that gaming one on Derby Day. Like, and she didn't even run that great <laughs> in that race. No, she looked like she was going to beat. Still one though, <laughs> and it was a great one. How I don't know, but yeah, and I don't. I don't know where Gamine's gonna run. I really don't know where she's gonna run. Maybe they'll run. Maybe they'll race, race her against the boys in California. I, I really don't know. It's worth a shot. Yeah, I mean, there's not. Listen, there's no great older older male sprinters. The older male sprinters. Are retired. <laughs> it's a soft division as well. I mean, it's not a it's not a real strong division. It's it's so. I mean, uh, it's if you have a good filly, this is a good year to try to take a shot. Um, I mean, honestly, the 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 filly that might wind up being the the horse that that accumulates the big the best records might be Malathat. Yeah, but we haven't seen her in two months. Going on three months. 
Right? Mm-hmm. We probably won't see her till Saratoga, right? I'm guessing. Okay. I'm guessing the Alabama. Right. That would make sense. I'm not sure why they're um, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> at least run it once. You know, that's at least that's my thought. At least run it once before then. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. There hasn't been a whole lot of talk about her, that's for sure. No. Not since not since uh, Oaks Day. <laughs> um, now, the Mother Goose, which is hard to believe it's a mile on the 16th now, but um, you know that was raced uh, at Belmont on Saturday. And uh, a short field, it, it wound up being a good race. Uh, always Karina was a big favorite, and she literally had everything her own way. And just couldn't seem like it. She just couldn't get the distance. Um, I mean, she just rattled off 12 second A's, 20, 24, 48, 112. Um, but, you know, in the, in the lane, uh, Zagil Shadwell Horse, who had, had done okay down in Florida um, and then really kind of threw in a clunker last time out uh, on the Oaks Day, um, she just kind of grinded that race out and, and wound up getting like a really high buyer, like a 98 buyer. Um, but always Karina had, had really had no excuse. Um, especially when two of the five horses in the race, including uh, the other logical contender, Claire Ayers, uh, stumbled pretty badly at the break. Well, I think, you know, Joel pulled a Louis Saez on him. And just yeah. pressured that horse the whole way and, and, you know, just hung around and ended up just passing. Yeah. Uh, to me, it just looked like always Karina just didn't want, just to, didn't want to go that far. Yeah. She just, she, I mean, she had it her own way or something went amiss, but it just looked like she just didn't want to go that far. Yeah, I, I would... Uh... And then the number came back good, so it wasn't like, you know, she got beat in a slow race, but I mean, essentially she just, you know, she barely held on for for a second, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that number stacks up, and I'm not saying that they didn't have uh, the right number, but there there were not a lot of dirt races um, at Belmont on on Saturday. Uh, But uh, and we'll, like I said, we'll we'll see how that race stacks up. And um, I don't know what Todd's going to do with that filly going forward. Uh, I mean, obviously he's going to keep her and Mouth that apart. I would assume with uh, you know common ownership, but uh, know, maybe maybe she'll cut her back and try the test as well. I mean, the test is a is a, an important race. Yeah, I'd like to see her in that one. So, so uh, this week is kind of an odd week in that we have Tampa Bay Downs is uh, back for a couple of days. I don't know if anybody's watched uh, <clears throat> Beamy Reports uh, vlogs, 
his cross country trip. He he does little couple minute videos of of him driving and all the interesting <coughs> places. The going through a bunch of states I've never been to: Utah and Wyoming and and uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go there. Um, uh, He's a reluctant flyer. So. They, they don't they don't look that interesting to be honest with you. <laughs> no, not a whole lot out he, there, but you know. He no, those pictures. are good. He's he's really he does a really good job in those things. Um, you know, he makes them interesting, and, and he's got a, a a nice you know like a dry sense of humor. And you should check it out. Uh, and, and I'm embarrassed to say I, I forgot what his YouTube um, channel is called, but it might be Jason Bean. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's going to do his uh, his first Tampa. Um, his debut, know, his, yeah, his debut at Tampa this this week. They're running on Wednesday and Thursday, <laughs> straddling the fiscal year end and beginning in Florida, which is kind of bizarre that they still have to do this, and that we had a marathon gambling session, and no one said, "Hey, let's put bring up a rule that these tracks don't have to run these stupid two days, and you know, let's just let them both be." Um, it's about simulcast hosting, basically. And the way it is now, they let both tracks be hosts because they run these two days. And, you know, it's just archaic language from back in the... It's so stupid. <laughs> time before dawn, right. So, uh, But Tampa does have a couple cars this week. Gulfstream is running Wednesday this week, Wednesday and Thursday, and they're not running on Friday. Um. Tampa has been promoting they're having mandatory payouts on both days, which seems kind of bizarre since they're having a mandatory payout on two days. It's gotten to be a little bit weird. Um, I'm just, uh, very weird. <laughs> very unnecessary. It's, it's just weird. Um you know, back in the era when we raced a lot more and there was a lot more races, like something like that wouldn't even have been really noticed because. Right. It would have blended in with everything. Else right. For the rest of the week. Like right. huh? now, now that we don't race that much, um, you know, things like this kind of stand out a little bit. But uh, just so crazy how, you know, back in early 2000s, like the 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 racing calendar and schedule. We take we took for granted back then, and now it's so much different. It's so much nothing, like bare, especially during the week. Can you imagine the people that put out eighteen million podcasts a week? How many they have to put out then? Oh boy, oh boy! All the, tel- <laughs> the services. How, how could you cover so much? Six days of racing all across country. Yeah, it changed clown shirts every two minutes. Oh my god, it was it was <laughs> it's 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 crazy to think that um, that it really wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I look at some of those uh, replays on YouTube, and I'm like, man, that wasn't that long ago. Like when when Durkin was calling, basically, that's kind of like the the measuring stick. That's your measuring stick, Tom Durkin. Right when he retired, the yeah. landscape changed a little bit after that. Not not at his doing or anything like that, but you know, 
you'll see some of his race calls in the early 2000s or, you know, kind of mid 2000s. And you're like, wow, that wasn't really that long ago. And look how much different it is from that point to now. Right. Um, yeah, so Gulfstream is going to run Wednesday. Their, their card Wednesday is actually a really good card. Um, it, it's not, you know, what you would think it would be a Maiden 10 fest, but it's really not. It, it's, a, it's a pretty good card at, at Gulfstream. Uh, Tampa's card is a little lighter. <laughs> How many? Um, I haven't even looked yet. There was definite... Um, Uh, what's a good word of putting it? Uh... <laughs> if you gotta find words, there was discouragement from the um, Gulfstream management for people Why? running Tampa. So well, you know, I don't see eye to eye on anything. So why? I mean. You know, they have their two days and get them out of the way until tracks still think if you stable there, unless you're a super trainer, which you can literally do whatever you want. If you wanted to bring your horses up and sit them in the grandstand, they'd probably say, oh, no problem. <laughs> but um, they still think, you know, in terms of 1985, where they own you. Um, anyways, whatever. But Tampa will be up. And running for two days, it's uh, um, an inter- interesting group of of uh, riders that they're going to have over there. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Uh, <laughs> on Thursday, uh, I don't know if you you have your Canadian calendar out, but Thursday is Dominion Day. Dominion Day. I have no idea what Dominion Day is stands for, but uh, they have a steak, a grade three steak. So we like Dominion Day in that we have a, a Thursday afternoon steak um, at Woodbine. Hmm. With uh, the Dominion Day steaks, it's a grade three. Mighty Heart, the Queen's Plate winner uh, from last year that won two-thirds of the Canadian Triple Crown, and Josie Carroll beat herself <laughs> <laughs> in the third leg. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I would assume Mighty Heart will be the favorite. Uh, he won the Blame Stake last time out at Churchill. Churchill, yeah, ran a great race too. He really, really did beat a good field, a solid field. Um, you know, for that level, uh, March the Arch is going to make a season debut. He won the King Edward last year. Uh, Belichick. Oh, hey! Who was second in the Queen's Plate, and he uh, he won the Breeder Stakes. Beating Josie Carroll's other horse that denied the Mighty Heart Triple Crown, but you know Josie got the Triple Crown. Um, and then uh, a horse named Skywire, uh, Marcassi horse. He won the Autumn Eclipse Stakes. So he shows up. It's a pretty good race. For, it's a yeah. really good race for a Thursday afternoon. Um, and then you know Friday we have the uh, Friday night we have the the Corn Husker with Nick's Go, who is against uh, you know. It's kind of crazy if you think that he, he was on that streak, you know, and and he ran in the Breeders' Cup and he just dominated the Breeders' Cup mile, and then he ran in the Pegasus and he just crushed those, and it's kind of not been great for him since then. Um, he didn't run too bad in Saudi. I think 
they kind of topped him out when they went to <laughs> the next race. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, so he, he's looking to rebound, and it's it's not a, a strong group. Um, Yawa Oaks is actually is a, a, a pretty strong field if it holds together. Uh, Army Wife, who won the um, Black Eyed Susan last time out, she's in there. Pauline's Pearl, who ran in the Kentucky Oaks and um, had the misfortune of getting some of my money, which probably contributed to her uh, kind of not great performance. But uh, <laughs> they're the two headliners in there. Uh, we did talk about uh, the Iowa Derby, where Nova Rags is super stock. Who won the Arkansas Derby is going to be in their proxy. Who scratched out of the Ohio Derby for the Iowa Derby? So it's a it's actually it's a pretty decent race, and um, be interesting to see if anybody uh, kind of uh, you know extends themselves and you know looks like they're going to move to the next level. Yeah, uh, you mean by next level the Iowa Derby to West Virginia Derby double? Uh, if if someone might do, I would call that like the Lost Code path. <laughs> I mean, Lost Code would like if someone like Bill Donovan campaigned that horse, he he, he made like every stop. <laughs> like Run people would crack. Like what Latrushka did the other day, and everybody's oh my god, they ran back in three weeks. Three weeks, that ain't nothing. He'd have, he'd have breezed the horse four times in between, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting card, and you know, it's uh, you know, Friday night, so check it out. It won't divert my attention from the Meadowlands, though. The Meadowlands has been just crushing me lately. <laughs> I had to go north. I had to start. I, I had to do a little, a little, uh, <clears throat> mobile, a little Mohawk shopping, a little mm-hmm. mobile. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I had to go Hoosier shopping actually when Hoosier shopping on Friday night. Yeah, no, I can't. Poojer's banned for life. Until like get rid of the passing lane, I'm never betting that track again, ever. Oh, by the way, uh, under the the bad stewarding category, oh, the judges at the Meadows should be ashamed of themselves for the blasphemous takedown. Uh, when on Saturday afternoon, just just terrible, just terrible. Tony Alanya should just shoot them people. It was it was one of the worst takedowns I've ever seen. Is it worse? The horse literally that one. Is it worse than that one? Remember that red mile one from last year? I'm telling you, you'll watch the replay, the ninth race from the Meadows. You watch watch the replay, and and like no one has any idea that anything ever even happened. (laughs) Oh boy. The rules, it's just, it's, it's, it's just amazingly bad. And where's one? He beat, he beat Perfect Sting, who was, of course, the, you know, undefeated horse from last year, who's the future book favorite for the Meadowlands pace, even though he keeps getting beat this year. (laughs) Um, And it was, it was just, it was just egregiously bad. Terrible. Maybe that was a theme. 
this weekend with uh, Better Bucket Hanover. Yeah, Try- Better Bucket Hanover. And take a right turn. For the, he drew a post eight for the final at Yonkers this Friday. I mean, he, he was going so fast the other day, and Yonkers, well, you know, Yonkers is a half mile track, and you hit that first turn fast, you know? And he just literally didn't turn. I mean, he, he went, you know, he, he bore out like five pass, which in Trotters is like 15 pass in thoroughbreds. And, um, I mean, he had trouble with the, the, the last turn, too. He was kind of in and out. and He drew post eight, man. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know what they're going to do. But Send them. If he sent him, he might wind up on ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right, right outside, like right past the first turn of Yonkers is is I ninety-five, and he might be actually on I ninety-five. But uh, yeah, man, that takedown at the Meadows, and and you know, I had seen a couple comments on Twitter, and I never watched like the Meadows and those tracks. The Pennsylvania tracks are just kind of like monotonous, so I don't pay much attention and. Uh, I was trying to distract myself at the Meadowlands because I kept losing. And I said, let me go take, take a look at that race. And I was, like, taken aback. <laughs> it was it was like, like literally nothing happened. But uh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Well, just like uh, Naira on, was the last race on uh, yesterday. Yep, yesterday. Uh, what? How they didn't place the horse they took down behind the four horse who who literally got run over. <laughs> and I know they're gonna say, "Well, he didn't affect the placing." That's a crock of shit. If you go, if if you eliminate a horse who and it do cost the other <laughs> horse the placing, well, the ones that that other horse interfered with, that's who you should be placed behind. You shouldn't be able to say, "Oh, well, he interfered with these two, but I don't think this one was going to do anything, and so I'm not going to put him up." But I'm going to—it's just just too much. There's too much there. It's well, that's much. why we need those explanations. It's too much. The explanation would have been would have been, you know, a poor explanation. And, and <laughs> yes, we course. deserve an explanation. Well, at least we get one. You I would rather start splitting one. the difference. And this is, you know, if if you interfere with one who interferes with three other horses, you can't say, oh, I'm only going to put, you know, because the other ones were tired or this or that. It, it's just, it's too much. If you interfere, if you cause a chain reaction, you get placed behind the last horse for causing a chain reaction. Uh-huh. That's got to be part of the rule. I thought or, that was the rule. It, it always was, but now it's not. The actions are still dangerous, and that's got to be the issue more than anything. And that's that's why the category ones will never work here, <clears throat> because guys will just take advantage if they think that they're going to get left up. And the purse money we're talking about now is serious purse money. They're just gonna you're going to see races like the race in Ascot where Wesley oh. Ward's horse got herded seventeen pass. That'll happen all the time here. It'll happen all the time. And the stewards will never be able to give enough days, especially if they, they say, well, we're going to give you X amount of days, but you can come ride the stakes. <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, they've led, they just don't seem to have control of the, 
of what's going on on the track anymore. What happened? Like, I, I don't I mean, know. I guess I guess it was never great, but it seemed like it was better at some point than it is now. Well, I think the riders learned that they can push to the limit. And if there's not pushback, then they're just going to take it. It's like kids, you know, mm-hmm. you tell them they can have a cookie and they take three. <laughs> well, if you don't do anything, if you don't slap them on the wrist, then the next time they want a cookie, they're going to take three or four or five. And it, it just, they just, that's what they do. And they're trying to win. Listen, I'm not going to criticize <clears throat> jockeys for trying to win. That, that is something I'm not saying that, but there has to be um, rules. You know, there has to be um, limits to how far you're going to let these guys go. And it has to be more consistent. Just has to be. Well, I mean, it kind of reminds me of when um, I think I read was out in Louisiana for the uh, yes for the Louisiana Derby mask parade was the horse who, who got placed first yes that's right yep um and they they sent a clear message it was it was the first race wasn't it first or second race second race yeah and uh you know they 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 knocked off the the bullshit real quick and i but thought that was a bad takedown to be honest it was with you. It, it was <laughs> Because I I was on the wrong end of that, but that's another story. I didn't even bet on the race. I, I just I did. Because again, I saw you know the Twitter uproar, and I went back and I watched it, and I was like, wow, they took a horse down for that, right? <laughs> but it was clear that it was sending a, a message rather than actually doing the right thing. And I guess I could live with that if they stuck to it. You know what I mean? Right. But it doesn't happen that way. It's all, it's really a crapshoot. It's like the, the gamble within the gamble, <laughs> especially when that light starts flashing. I, I'd say probably about 10 years ago, <clears throat> I could safely say I could probably call it, but not now. No way. Yeah, I've, I've said the same thing. Uh, I, I had Pat Cummings on, we were talking about the, um, the you know the difference between the rules in Europe and the rules here and, and that's one of the things I, I mentioned. I said, you know, I used to think I, I used to be about I'd say probably about eight out of ten, nine out of ten, I could say, eh, it's coming down or eh, it's gonna stay up. Now, flip a coin. Flip yeah, a coin. Absolutely. I mean sometimes they take down horses that I, I just I can't believe they took them down. And then other times they let things go and it's like I can't believe they let it go. Oh man, they hurt sometimes my feelings on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, they hurt my feelings. Yeah, the Laurel one that was that was oh, man that hurt. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a tough takedown. That was that was really a tough takedown. Um, I don't even like turkey. That that was I think that was even worse. Yeah, trying to avoid eating turkey. I don't even like it. What's the matter with with, with turkey? Why don't you like turkey? I don't like it. It just doesn't taste good. <laughs> just like tacos. I don't like the reason I don't like tacos is I don't like the bread or the shell or whatever. You know, they have different types. I know, but I still don't like that. They have they have corn and they have flour and they have hard. Yeah, trust me, my wife does she tried them all and I'm like What no. about burritos? 
Can't do it. Burritos are basically just fat tacos. Can't do it. Yeah, I wish I didn't do as many foods as you. (laughs) 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 Wish my I wish my options were more narrow. (laughs) I I would be more narrow if my options were more narrow. (laughs) What do you eat? (laughs) Well, what the. But don't what? I eat? Well, well, pretty much nothing. <laughs> Snails. I won't eat them. See, I, I will care. eat I'm not them. eating them. I'll eat that. It's good. Oh my God. No, it's not good. It's not good, Barry. It's not good. It is good. Man, it tastes kind of like scallops. If you like scallops, when they're done right. I can't go there. But pretty much everything else I'll do. You'd probably eat them and, and not even realize what they Yeah, were. that happened to me one time. Something called mountain oysters. Oh, I was, oh. I, was the, I was on the butt end of that joke. <laughs> that was uh, the movie uh, Funny Farm. I should have known when everybody was being so nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. Oh, we got you a plate. Yeah, try these. Yeah. It's like that guy, the guy on uh, Food Network or Discover Channel, the Zimmer. Zimmerman, Andrew Zimmerman. Yeah, 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 yeah. All he does is eat balls. Yeah. Everything. So, what's his name? Guy Fieri got a three-year, eighty million dollar contract. Yeah, he's uh Kevin Durant of food. Eighty million. Bucks. He's making more than Kevin Durant, actually. Well, he doesn't have a sneaker deal yet. Uh, I wouldn't want a sneaker deal. He's just... got, he's got, he's got better hair than Kevin Durant. Yeah, we could care less about a sneaker deal. <laughs> making eighty million just to talk about food. You don't even have to cook it. Right. He just goes to places like, oh. And they feed him for free. Exactly. Shit, how do we get that? You know what? Screw this horse racing podcast. Let's get into food. Let's get into food. We just can't talk about tacos. Well, we can talk about them, and I can tell you how bad they are. And then I can frost tip my hair. Yeah, but we can't. If you frost tipped your hair, that that would that would definitely work. I could do the old uh, Dennis Schroeder slash Clint Capella. What is that? What is the? Deal? I don't understand that. I don't get it either. I've been trying to figure that out for the last three years. It must be a European thing. So both those guys are, are European. Oh, you know what I found out today? Uh oh. Tony Parker is like huge into thoroughbreds now. The, the Tony, Tony Parker? Parker, the basketball player, the French Tony Parker. His is he goal a- is to win the arc. He's got enough money. He could do it. He's got he's got guys. He, he's got like a partnership deal in France. Dude, why didn't he have Why didn't you tell me this? I just found out today because I don't read French. I can't understand French, but I finally found an English language um, description of what, what's going on. Yeah, Tony Parker. He's recruited like a Formula One driver as a partner. And, and, and he said that that's his goal. He wants to win the Arc de Triomphe. He gives himself 20 years. That's a long time. Yeah, and, he, and he's 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 got horses with like three different trainers over there. Let me ship him over here. Let Tony you Parker, man, ship him under this the Simon Racing. I don't speak French. I'll be stable, man. I just speak French a little bit. We oui. exactly. That's all you I know. Mean. The only French words I really know are, are curse words. John Luke's <laughs> only out of curse and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> On <laughs> Kule, <laughs> you don't want to know what that means, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's true. It's that's a true story. John, I told John Luke's me. 
teach me some French words. And he starts teaching. No, no, no. I want to. I want to say like you know, this and that. And he's like, "Why do you want these words?" I said, "Because eh, I want to be able to curse you in, in French." And then he he told me. I have to ask Nick Bush to teach me something because he's he's real tight with the uh, Florent Guru. Fufu, I don't think he even speaks French anymore. What? God doesn't even speak English. He's just it's just English with an accent. I don't know. I'm gonna ask Nick. Ask Nick Bush. I was talking to him today. I was giving him a hard time for posting a selfie video on Facebook. He posted a selfie video. Yeah, man. What's wrong with him? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's losing his mind. He's been in Kentucky for too long. No, you know what? I think that's true. He needs to get out of there. Like he needs a little. Like he needs to like go. He to needs to come back down to Florida for a little while or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Little respite from the. Hicks in the sticks. Yeah, he's a big horse. Uh, you know, he's a big horse consigner. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's also a uh, male model. <laughs> yeah, he's a male model. <laughs> he was modeling some shirts. It was uh, polos and stuff. He was in the barn. And... <laughs> it was for the kids. It was for the kids. section. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. He, I really I'm short sorry. enough for, but he, he's 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 like weighs as much as a linebacker. This guy. Yeah, he's he's about. Five I wish two. I wish he would. I honestly, I, I tell him this probably every other time I talk to him. I was like, dude, when are you gonna lose weight so you can ride in the afternoon? He ain't riding no afternoons. That's he he doesn't wonder. He tells me every time. No, I like no to, chance. He he's like, I, I like to eat. That's why I don't want to ride. Exactly. There's no chance he rides in the afternoon. No, because he's he's he weighs the same as I do. Listen, man. You know, there's a truth about the jockeys, and we don't want to really hear it, but because we like to complain about them, but they're really crazy people. They have to be. I mean, what they do is like that's what crazy people do. Their their little toe, like their toe, is is in the in the stirrup. The stirrup is, and the stirrups the one they use like these light saddles. The stirrups are like plastic, and the saddles are like, you know, little pieces of leather. They're strapped on there. They're holding on the horse's mane and they're going forty miles an hour. Yeah, I can relate though, because. The two times that I've been skiing, I didn't take lessons, and I just wanted to go fast. So I just went straight downhill, didn't know how to stop. And then I figured out how to stop. But that's all I learned how to do. But other than that, I was just going straight down. Well, you're definitely not the Paco Lopez of skiing, because he would have been zigzagging all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that there hasn't been been a major issue with Paco at, at Mammoth yet is, is actually probably the upset of the year. It's kind of hard. I mean, can't steer the same way, it seems. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, just side note, I just have a hard time watching those races. Yeah, I hear you. Believe me, I, I've paid very little attention. But uh, the Bastard Manor was won by a horse that broke his maiden in Monmouth, but the Bastard Manor was, like, glacially slow. The Phillies division race before was 
even slower. No, they went fast. They went faster? Yeah, a lot faster. <laughs> like, like a lot faster. Yeah. So what happened? The, 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 the boys are, are, are they're slow. They're just encouragement. They're just slow. Um, yeah, so Bob Baffert didn't sue anybody this week. Sue us. We don't. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We don't care. You can sue us, Bob. When does Delmar start? The fifteenth. Fifteenth, yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Saratoga and Delmar. The uh, next week is the. not this weekend. Next weekend is the Belmont Derby and the Belmont other. Oh, the turf races. Oaks. Yeah, yeah. Which the I think is late. Right? Is it still it, an invitational? It, yeah. Yes. Isn't weren't they the July Fourth weekend? You typically get my, yeah, my yes. Yeah. From my experience, yes. Because I guess that's going to be like the closing you know, weekend before Saratoga. Well, yeah, that'll be the closing weekend, obviously, before Saratoga. Looking forward to Saratoga. Yeah. And I'm not like one of these, oh my God, I can't wait to let Saratoga mine. I mean, I like it. I mean, you know, know what? I, I, My betting patterns over the years, I usually peak in August, September, October. That's my peak. So I do my best gambling during those parts of the year. But I also do more during that part of the year than I do any other time too. So I guess that kind of makes sense a little bit. This is true. This is definitely true. But uh, I mean, after last year's weird, I think of all the weird things, you know, that happened last year that Saratoga, um, not having for at least for me you know being an east coast person saratoga not having fans i think was really kind of the the, the that was the wake-up call that was the, the, the it was it was really the strangest of all um because after saratoga there was people at the derby there was people at the preakness there was people uh at the breeders, breeders cup. Cup. A, lot of people. a lot of people at the breeders, I think cup. The breeders cup was a hundred thousand there was more people at the breeders cup than there was when they when they were allowing people but covid soup yeah, but uh, um, I think that was really the oddest thing. You know, yeah, no was... Saratoga, and you know, it seemed like a lot of people didn't ship too. So, this yeah, be... there was a lot going on. I, I remember um, someone had told me that you know it was just going to be a whole different kind of thing, and it and it really was. You know, beyond no fans. I mean, the no fans thing. Like I saw. Um, like uh what was it a mma match with no fans and it was so weird i couldn't even watch it and that's kind of how it felt with saratoga last year i mean other than traverse day i really didn't pay too much attention to it because the fields weren't that big and it seemed like people were kind of hanging out and 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 they may not have wanted to ship because of the covid thing and the 
quarantine and the everything and the bubble. They're doing a bubble, right? No, they weren't doing a bubble. They stole our idea before that. Yeah. I blame Naj. It's probably Naj's fault. I know it is. Because he listens. Naj, Naj is still shell-shocked from the, the Florida State football debacle. Now that they're like an NBA factory in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and their football team like... It's garbage. I, I didn't say it, Naj. I did. Because I they haven't been good since Jameis was there. They, uh, you know... That was it. They've struggled, but I didn't say they're garbage. Garbage. I'm a Floridian. I can say that now. Yeah, I guess you're close. Up. You're, you're not far from there either. You're not close. You're not far, but I guess nothing is actually close to Tallahassee. No. Tallahassee is literally like the middle, the middle of nowhere. You say bro. nowhere, it is nowhere. How yeah. they got prime time to go there, I, I have no idea. They must have just filled up a, a wheelbarrow full of money and, and dropped it off. Of course they did. And more power to them. For real. They paid, dog. Yeah, so Saratoga would be interesting this year. See, it would be interesting to see how many more outfits um, you know, decide to go back up. I saw their raised purses already. <laughs> Before <laughs> the meeting even started, they raised purses. Uh, I think the the big like the big news this week, and actually we're gonna have a podcast tomorrow. Be out tomorrow afternoon with Mister Crunk. We're gonna talk about uh, oh, talk about the first. Uh, we haven't officially got to the six month mark yet, but uh, close talk about trends and wagering, and with uh, um, Churchill closing and you know, the summer meets about to to get going and get some feelings from from him and uh we're going to talk about fixed odds because that's kind of the topic of today today was was fixed odds and um the approach i mean in theory as a better you would say well fixed odds will be good for me um i will have an opportunity to uh, and this is in a vacuum of course I'll have an opportunity to bet horses at better prices than I'm getting through the paramutuals. I mean, just my own like Meadowlands experience <laughs> the last few months where I've loved horses that were eight to one morning line and 10 to one morning line and six to one morning line. And they all go off three to five. Like, <laughs> you know, I say, Whoa, <laughs> you know, yeah, give me some of that. But the reality is that, it's not going to number one, I think, and, and, and I'll leave some of this for tomorrow. Um, I don't think that we're going to get the, uh, I think put it this way. There's a lot of skepticism among the industry people that would have to sign off on this. Um, not Mammoth. Mammoth is all in and I'll give Dana Strays a lot of credit. Listen, we, we kind of crushed him over the jockey thing because he really kind of went, off the deep end there and as it turns out like everything's fine pretty much you know like there's no big fallout that's they're having a meet they have plenty of jockeys they're having races it's going fine whatever 
But I'll give him a lot of credit in that he's he was willing to try the exchange wagering. He's willing to try this. Um, he's trying to do things. I mean, the fact that he went to as far as he did uh, with the sports betting lawsuit. I mean, and that was him. That was all him. Um, you know, shows that he, he's at the very least uh, uh, open-minded about it, which is, I mean, you, you want to see that. The difficulty is in the details, and, and Krunk is very, very good at explaining why, the whys, um, and why, even though it sounds great, even though it looks great, even though, you know, in theory it's great, the practical issues that are going to be stacked up against fixed odds wagering, exchange wagering, just about anything else in this business that's going to take um, a wide swath of, of acceptism. <laughs> I guess that's not even a word, but <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to get people to accept things new in this business uh, other than jackpot bets, which everybody just seems to still love. But um I don't get it. Despite either. all the evidence to the contrary. Well, you know what it does? It does. It it it, it builds uh, these. It, and it's crazy. Like, we're just talking about Tampa. You know, um, payout day. <laughs> they're, they're having two payout days. They're having two days of racing. <laughs> you know, two mandatory payout days. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's a superficial handle. Like, that's you know that does that make any sense? Yes, absolutely. But uh, yeah. So we're gonna talk to him tomorrow, and I t- I promised him I wouldn't make it a marathon session like it was last time. But um, <laughs> oh, is that your your kind of uh, sticking point or his? No, mine, mine, not his. He 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 he. I think he said no. It's no, no worries. Um. But no, he's really he's uh, he's really the one person involved in this business that accumulates the data and can not only uh, kind of sift through the nonsense, but can analyze it from a third party point of view, and and that's that's a very very rare point of view um, in horse racing. I can't believe they don't, they don't have people that do this shit. Who would do it? I mean, everybody does it for whatever, whatever organization that they work for. But they all kind of, you know, um, you know <laughs> highlight the, the good stuff and ignore the bad stuff. I mean, and that's I mean, but that's more and- marketing than it is anything I mean, else. It's not, you know, think- it's like the NTRA was really an idea that it was it was not a bad idea the the rollout how, how it was practically applied and the fact that um i mean honestly in the end in the in, excuse me in, in the beginning the interior was supposed to kind of like become a league office of sorts and they were would be the people that would come out with these kind of um your proclamations and um would be the ones breaking down the data and they were supposed to do the, you know, the industry marketing program, which they did in the beginning and um, have the, it just, it just never, it, it fell apart because the tracks just were too fragmented. And 
I think Frank Stronic was the first one who just didn't want to do the marketing. I want, I want to do my own marketing. I don't want to do national marketing anymore. Yeah, which was, was a mistake. It was a mistake. I mean, I, I, you know, people disagree, but I think that you look at the beef industry. You look at the other other industries that have had um, generic marketing. Eggs. Eggs. Eggs Benedict. Eggs had marketing national. Yeah. I think that it, it's it's beneficial, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, this was a long time ago, and I I can't remember the formula in which you had to pay. But I think the bigger tracks paid more. Um, oh, I'm sure they didn't like that, right? So that that's always been a problem in this business, <clears throat> and it's the you know a big difference between us and like. Uh, well, honestly, it, you know what mirrors it mirrors kind of like college football. In that, in college basketball, the big schools understand that the small schools' participation in March Madness, which is the big money driver, helps. And they also understand that for the most part, the small schools after the first round or second round will be gone, and it'll be you know the big boys. In college football, like they don't even want to let you know <laughs> they don't anybody want... in the party. I mean that that's going. You know, UCF, you know, proved that. that hey, they, they were champions. They so. just don't want, you know, and, and they've kind of, the big schools are, seem like they're sick of paying for the small schools. So they're kind of breaking away. And, and racing is, is similar to that. It's really, really similar in that uh, it's tough to get anything kind of across the board because you and me and, and, and most people probably listening to this, we see racing as a thing uh, as, as a one kind of unit being right i mean we can handicap or bet or watch or go to tracks anywhere right so for us when i walk into the track and i have x amount of dollars and i participate at, at this track or i play at that track or i play simulcast well it's all the same but for the racetracks it's not it's 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 not the same at all so and I mean, you know, the Satish Anand had a great idea, you know, years ago. And it's one of those common sense ideas that couldn't work because of laws. And, um, you know, have, having one ADW for the whole industry. Huh. But, you know, there was no real way of getting past. You couldn't get past antitrust laws. So, you know, it was it was even though it would be beneficial, um it, it wasn't, you know, it would, it would never got off the ground. Now, hurting cats, you know, that, the saying, <laughs> hurting cats, that's what it would have been like trying to get everybody on board. But uh, but it's just the way it is. Well, and now you got HISA. They can mandate it. Let's do that. HISA is going to be such a huge disappointment for so many people. It just isn't really... It just doesn't have the ability to do very much. Well, it's going to take time. It's got very no. It's got very specific powers. You're just not allowed to do stuff, Barry. There, there's the people think it's going to do this and that. It can't. It was designed to pass the law and to try to pass the constitutional challenge it's going to face that it's currently facing. But there's there's a lot of the parts of it, um, like in, in, in the wagering part of it that you're just not going to cover. They don't seem that interested in covering. So that's a disappointment, of course, because you would think that like 
a, a federal authority would be able to tackle all issues, all you know the problems we have, but it's not. It's not going to. It's not, and that's not designed to do it. One of the big things, and this is an ITP special, and he's right. He's right. He's right. Is that? And I'm just going to say, racetracks. The industry doesn't really have any expertise in gambling, which sounds insane. Well, they never needed true. it. They never needed it for a long time. They had a monopoly. Right. Exactly. But like the monopoly has been gone for a while, but they don't hire experts in gambling. And, and it's, it's a flaw. It's a huge flaw. It might be a fatal flaw for this business in the end as we kind of have to tackle, you know, the growing specter of sports wagering, which is just growing and growing and growing. Well, that's, that's the crazy part about it because everywhere you look, that's what you see with sports betting. Experts. You know, and that's why it's so counterintuitive that our industry lacks all of that and they don't want it. I think that's no. more alarming than anything else. Not not the fact that we don't have it. it. Seems like they we just don't want it. I've said this before, and and people kind of look at me cross-eyed when I say it. But in some ways, I don't know if a lot of our track companies really want growth in the racing side. I really don't. I really don't know if they if they if they want the growth in the racing side. And it's it's kind of a difficult thing for people on the racing side to understand um but i think that sometimes when you get high enough up the hierarchy and the bean counters get more power they look at us as kind of a underperforming asset they look at the amount of of property and amount of risk the amount of expense that they spend and I think that, um, you know, on the racing side, especially when they have alternate forms of revenue, I think I, I just wonder sometimes if they really want growth, if they really want it, or if they just are, are happy to, um, you know, just kind of let it wilt away or, you know, they'll take profits. I mean, no one's going to turn profits down, but I just don't know that they're really committed to to like jumping in and into the deep end of the pool. And during this era that we're in with this, this wildly expanded um, gambling options available, you would think more than ever, this would be the time for tracks to kind of go all in um, on the, the betting side of, of this, this sport, especially, um, you know, like I said, especially considering the competition and, and, and considering in a lot of ways uh, the the issues that, that the sports had, um, you know, you let the headlines kind of. Uh, well, look at the whole debate in May. I mean, with the, with the Baffert stuff. I mean, it was it's <laughs> still lingering. And that's going to take a that, that's going to take a long time. I mean. I just don't know what the hell is going on in Kentucky with the racing commission. Why yeah. they haven't been able to come up with, uh, you know, Statement. like what, like what's going on? I mean, 
I know the Baffert lawsuit against them, and they got this, this you know, t- private plane flying. You're, I mean, it's just insanity. <laughs> and I, I just don't know why they're not just saying, you know, issuing. And I'm sure there's a legal reason, but I just don't know why they're not going and saying, "Hey, let's have this hearing." If Bob's people don't want to come, we'll just suspend them and beyond. I mean, they're going to suspend him, right? I mean, it's going to happen. If the, if the second test came back positive, I don't think they have a choice under the uh, legally, right? Yeah, under the rules. Well, I mean, they have discretion, but they've, I mean, just from a, a public relations standpoint, to not give him, um, you know, if they don't give him days in light of what Churchill Downs has done, and Churchill Downs is a big player in Kentucky, you know, duh, but it, it would be, I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's just unusual that they haven't made any moves here at all. If the second sample really was back, I don't know what this other sample really has to do with anything. And perhaps legally their counsel is saying, oh, let's not be hasty and let, let's get these other test results back and because we don't want to get something thrown out on a technicality or you didn't give him his due process or, or something like that, right? I mean, that that's probably... It has to be it. <laughs> ...where they're saying, like, you know, we, we just can't screw this up um, and we're willing to bite the bullet and wait uh, another, you know, month or however long it's going to take. But, uh, I mean, officially the horse is still the winner. Officially nothing is, you know, nothing has happened until that, um, you know, until they, they make a ruling and they haven't made a ruling. So it's I mean, just it's, them. It's actually going on, right. The, the, the second month will be July 1st, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're what? I mean, the first uh, derby was what May seventh, May first, May first, right? So yeah, so this two months for two, we're two months, two months past, and we're what? Um, so that would be um, eight weeks. So we're, we're seven weeks since the. The, the Baffert hastily assembled press conference at the barn to kind of kick this all off. And it's, it's funny. It seems like it's even further, like it's longer, right? I mean, it does, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, nothing, nothing is going on with that. It's just, uh, I hate even like talking about it anymore. It's just gotten to be so, Fatigue. It's just fatigue. I guess it's it's yeah. just you know, Baffert fatigue. Well, there's no, there's nothing new anymore. You know, what rules I'm saying? fatigue. It 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 got to the point where people have drawn their, people have drawn the line where they stand, how they feel, and I don't know that anything's going to change that from from this point on. I don't know what could possibly be revealed at this time, um, that would make people change their minds. So it's just going to be like this and until, you know, this uncomfortable kind of. Well, I mean, even at the same token, if you want to talk about those kind of things, like 
nothing's really gone on with the service Navarro situation either. <laughs> no, well, that but the difference is that's in you know that's in, in, in federal court, so it's it's um, uh, still. I mean, how long has it been? Yeah, but the, everything got screwed up because of the COVID, and they couldn't yeah. do stuff. I mean, it, listen, there was a ton of people. They've been sorting that out. I mean, they they've they've kept you know. Uh, it, it seemed like for a while, every couple of weeks, somebody else was was agreeing to a plea deal of some sort. So, I mean, they have been sorting out some of that other stuff. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's here we are going into July, and I mean, I haven't heard any news about that at all for a while. So, uh, so who knows? I mean, it's. But I understand. I mean, that's in federal court. You know, federal court cases take forever. The Penn National deal took forever; took years, and they they essentially came out with nothing of, of any substance, just a bunch of nonsense. Well, I mean, that's just a giant like, waste of government. Back the question: When when does the Linda Rice thing get situated? Because she's still another, winning. another thing. It's going to be you know you get in the courts a year, right? It's going to at least at least. At least. So. I think I, I would be surprised, to be honest with you. And I'm not, you know, a lawyer, didn't stay in a mayor, a Holiday Inn Express. But, I mean, if you're Baffert's lawyer, wouldn't you go and say, you know, in front of the judge, say, my client was excluded from the grounds at a place where they're, you know, without having, you know, nothing has officially been done. And, and uh, you know, for the quote unquote integrity of the game yet, um, Linda Rice, who has been uh, had her license revoked. It's, it's just now on appeal who has been, um, you know, guilty of by by the state's own, uh, you know, uh, governing body or, you know, judge administrative judge has found her in violation of something so why does she get to run and my client doesn't get to run yeah i mean doesn't that's, have that's a valid that, argument i, I mean, mean that's i mean it seems like you know this isn't like vindictive against linda rice but if you're going to say that baffert is a a blight on the integrity of your racing program well how can you say that she isn't at this point and of course the fact that she's got a lot of horses stable there and listen she gets to spend there she gets her license revoked she's out for a couple years like those horses aren't going to leave half of them are New York birds anyways they're going someone's going to take them over they're not going to go anywhere so and of course I, I don't and, and the thing is this is, is there's so much when the courts get involved, there's so many. This is something I've said a long time ago when people were so gung ho about, we got to put these trainers in jail, blah, blah, blah. Guys don't get it. No. As a trainer, I have virtually no rights. Like, versus, in, in, in versus a racing commission, the trainer absolute insurer rule essentially strips us of rights. We're guilty before, you know. We're proven before we're proven, we have to prove our innocence, and even then, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get disqualified. 
I said, you go to a court of law and you just have to find reasonable doubt. Well, it's going to be a lot more difficult, a lot more difficult. When we go in front of a racing commission with a positive test, for example, we're guilty already. We're guilty when we walk (laughs) in the room. They don't have to prove anything. They've already got it. That's all they need. Nothing else. Nothing else. And the only mitigating stances that the circumstances have been used that I've have any knowledge of is if someone um, had intentionally given the horse the medication it is kind of revenge or something like that. Um, so when you get into the court system, it, it's a different standard and your lawyer is going to, to try to muddy the waters like, like Baffert's has tried to do. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's where you run into issues. And, and the, uh, I mean, the Arkansas case, purely Baffert settled that case because he didn't well, probably want to spend the money to go to actual court. But they would have won that case. I mean, the racing commission knew that the lab screwed up. And, and it wasn't that the horses weren't positive. I mean, there's no doubt that they, they tested positive for the medication. You know, the, the chain of command, the, the custody, and there's other issues that have to be, you know, things have to be done properly that weren't. And they would have gone to a regular court of law, and in a court of law, they would have they would have overturned it. They would have said, you didn't go A, B, C. You went A, C. Therefore, we're throwing it out. And, you know, just because you get a case thrown out of court doesn't mean you're not guilty. <laughs> means the people who are prosecuting you or the people who were involved in, in the, you know, accumulating the evidence screwed up. And, and that's, you know, that's Chuck's racing law and order speech of the day. I appreciate that. It's just going to, it's just not easy though. And that's the thing. It's, it's, it's just not easy. And, um, I just just fear that horrible. I just fear that Hissa is is people's expectations are so high, and I think they're going to be disappointed. And I think that there's going to probably be a number of things that they do that are beneficial. I'm not trying to be like throw cold water on the idea. I just think that people don't realize the. the, I've seen on social media some wild <laughs> things that they people believe like uh, are going to be solved by hissa and, and i'm like how how do you figure i like, don't think that they're it's not going feasible to take care I'm, of that like I, i've seen it too and then some of it is just not even feasible it's like that's that's never gonna happen no like steward's decisions like never they're not gonna be involved in steward's decisions they're just not you know some you know where, where does that where, where does that fall under welfare or medication? Unless the stewards were on medication or needed to be on welfare. I mean, like, seriously, like, it just doesn't, doesn't, does doesn't not fit. compute. Does not. So, uh, licensing, licensing is still going to be done by the states. It's, there's a lot of things that people think, like, um, you know, it's very specific as to what it's going to tackle. So, 
you know, it, it's a little nebulous on the safety side. What what is what is quote you know, safety? Uh, interestingly enough, the whip issue is probably going to be considered under that, and will probably have a, a national standard, which will be good because that's what we need. Uh, not having a national standard for for the whips is just it's typical insane racing insanity. Typical racing insanity. <laughs> when you watch different. You know, you can flip from from different track to different track and, and have them riding under three completely different rules. Uh, the Kentucky rule that everyone seems to be happy with, um, that the Jockeys Guild is kind of trying to promote as um, what they would like to see as the model rule, uh, sounds, you know, it'll probably happen. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think anyone is going to adopt the New Jersey rule I think there's been enough strife about that. There's been enough backlash about that. And um, I think that's a little too radical. So I don't think that's going to happen. The California rules, I mean, it seems like they change all the time. So the Kentucky rule is probably where it's at. And uh, it seems reasonable enough. And Well, I guess my big thing is you can't tell the racing is different. Yeah. That's, that's my thing. You can't tell. Right. You know, everything looks the same. You see yeah. people riding hard in the stretch and doing what they need to do to, you know, get the most out of their mounts. Yeah, I hear you. So, we're not having a um, Going in Circles Live tomorrow. Stacy is on vacation. Mr. Bick is takes takes a, a week off here a couple weeks off to um, recharge the batteries before Saratoga so we're not going to make Casey work tomorrow but we are going to have a, a special edition crunk the crunker is uh, he's going to be on so that should be interesting He's Chris is a really smart guy and like we were talking about before He's got a third-party view of the numbers, and he, the numbers, not the nonsense or the massaged numbers, which were, were, which are starting to kind of seep out there when they when they start counting like simulcast numbers in. in, in oh, I'm, I'm just so disgusted with that. I, I just don't understand why they would do that. I'd rather them not say anything than to massage the numbers. Yeah. No, oh, don't exactly. say anything. But you know, we'll get his. You know, he, he's a New Jersey resident, and he was involved in the exchanges. And he's got some. Uh, the first time he was on, he he did explain uh, a lot of the flaws that you know the weaknesses in the exchange system, why it really didn't work here, and um, you know, there's a number of reasons, including there wasn't enough liquidity in the market, the fact that the we you know, the U.S. players were taxed at a higher rate than the European players, so you're playing against them, and they're paying. Uh, you know, a, a rate far lower than you are, that that's that's a tough hurdle to overcome. I mean, it just it just is. Um, and um, the fact that uh, you know they were limited in some of their um, the track options as well, which seems like that might be an issue with the fixed wagers, fixed betting too. But we'll have him on tomorrow, and um, I've got a couple things in the works. Uh, we 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 promise if we weren't planning on Barry getting banned from Twitter for life, <laughs> so it seems it kind of de- it kind of delayed the um, 
the handicapping videos, but uh, we're, we're going to get those out uh, pretty soon. Uh, hopefully this week we can do a couple and a couple test runs. Um, but uh, we got a couple other projects working on and things are looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Going to make a trip to Saratoga. What? I had, I had an aborted trip last week. Found out that my license was on the suspended list. They actually have a list. Like your driver's license <laughs> or your trainer's license? Well, that was weird. I was interrupted. Understatement. So, wait, 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 wait. Now, now backtrack here. You said your license was spending, like your training license? No, no, my training license is intact. Oh, okay. Um, I was went to rent a car. And I, had a, I have a <laughs> truck that I haven't been driving because it's, it, it, it needs re- to be repaired, right? So I'm using another truck. So the... the the insurance policy came to and I was like, well, well why am I going to pay insurance on a truck that's, that's not, you know, hasn't been driven in months and months. Right. So I just didn't renew it. Well, apparently that triggered something in the Florida DMV and I went to rent a car and they said, well, we can't rent your car. And I was like, why not? And I got like the most unbelievable rate, right? All you hear are these horror stories about renting cars right now. Yeah. 20 bucks a day. Uh, it was like, it was like the, you know, it was like the secret, you know, the double secret uh, <laughs> rate plus I had credits and all this stuff, you know, it was like the, it was almost like getting like a, like a, a Rolls Royce for like $39 a night, right? Oh. Not exactly, but close, close. But um, uh, he was like, no, your license is suspended. I said, Are you sure you punched it in right? Because I haven't gotten a ticket or anything in a long time, you know, like, how would my license be suspended? And he showed me and he said, well, go on, you know, go on the DMV and, and, and you got to look this up. And so I punched my stuff in there and yeah, I'm on the list, but I'm not suspended. I'm on the list to be suspended. And then I, you know, dug deeper and I found out because the other car is still registered and there's now there's no insurance on it. They suspend your license. That's ridiculous. Well, not only that, um, there's paperwork forms to fill out right so filling out the forms and processing it you know takes like seven to ten business days and it's like it's cheap it's easier just to like you know reinstate the insurance policy but reinsure you know getting the policy back you have to to you know again more forms to fill out and, and to register to send to the state so 
like by the time I'm off the list, which I, I don't even know if I'm I'm on or off. Um, you know, who knows when it's gonna be? So that's insane. Yeah, it's like really. Like a person that was willing to be registered, like the well, that would that would be willing to drive an unlicensed car, like wouldn't be willing to to drive it if their license was suspended. Like, well, that's the, I think that's the thing that gets me is like you didn't even know. It's not only that, knew. A, a friend of mine told me that um, that it happened to her uh, over a trailer. Yep. <laughs> a oh trailer. yeah, yeah, yep, they'll do that. Not not even a car, a horse trailer. Horse trailer. So, yeah, it kind of screwed me up. But, yeah, we'll be making a Saratoga trip here soon. The flights are, like, insane, though. Like, it went from so cheap to so expensive, like, so quickly. Because everyone was, like, terrified of, of doing anything. And then all of a sudden, like, everybody became, like, not only were they unterrified, they just wanted to go somewhere. Found one for a hundred dollars round trip from Orlando to Milwaukee. Why don't you just have the Greek freak fly up on his private plane? It's an idea. I'm sure he would. Why not? Seems like a nice guy. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. I can teach him how to shoot free throws. Man, someone's got. It's so crazy. Like. His form is not bad. No, it's it's, and, it's and, all mind games. It's, yeah, it's, it's all in it's, his head. It's it's not bad. Like like Ben Simmons looks like he's shot putting the ball. But <laughs> I mean, literally, it looks like the ball weighs like forty pounds. But um, oh, by the way, the, the America's got like this kick ass shot put guy. I happened to be like flipping through, and I saw that the other day, like. The guy set the world record with the shot put. It almost he almost threw it out of the thing. The, like, oh the, boy! The Whoa. Dirt, like little sandbox thing they have. Yeah. <laughs> it almost went out. He went over the into the grass. It was it was. He threw that thing. It's like sixteen pounds, right? So it's like a bowling ball. He shot put it at like seventy seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I don't think I don't think I could I could I could throw a baseball that far anymore. But yeah, the Olympics are like right around the corner. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. It was funny. I, I know a vet who's going over as the official vet for the Israeli, um, the Israeli equestrian team. Sweet. And one of the things that they require you to do is you have to go and get a dental checkup. And I was like, why? Why do they care about all oh, their things? Like, you know, and like, they're like big believers in Olympic hygiene or something. He said, no, they're not going to have any um, dentists available. So if you go over there, like, you're just kind of shit out of luck. And I, right. So, if you get nap, most issues. I mean, who's going to go over there and, like, ask to have braces put on, right? I mean, are most dental issues kind of things that you're not expecting to happen, right? I mean, you're planning on it. I mean, is it possible to, like, preempt dental issues? Hmm. 
Yeah, but that I thought that was kind of odd. I I, I would have assumed that they would have maybe wanted a physical of some sort. Right, I was just, well, not just touch your teeth. Yeah, yeah, but he had he had to go to the, the the vet who works on the horses had to go to the dentist to get checked off for the for the Olympic committee to, to allow him to go over there, hmm. which uh, seems kind of bizarre, but but no. The Olympics are, are not that far away, and you hear like literally hardly anything about them. I don't yeah, really watch like regular TV. I've been watching much, so. the trials. I mean, I've, I've watched some of the some of the running stuff. Yeah, I watched the pole vault. That's always interesting because I always thought like if I were ever to do that, I'd fall on my head, like backwards, not over the over the bar. Like I know for sure that I wouldn't trust that bar. Like when it started bending. That's probably like the biggest hurdle to overcome is like trusting that thing won't snap. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that would be the tough one. That thing bends like almost always on boomerangs. I don't know if the U.S. is good at, at, at the Olympics or, or not. I mean, are we good? Yeah, okay. always. I mean, we should win basketball. Maybe they have three on three basketball. I know that's so How weird. Is lacrosse not an Olympic sport because nobody plays it. Then that's good. We'd win. Yeah, we'd be the only team, bro. We didn't play against anybody. It's baseball's not an Olympic sport anymore, though, right? It is. Is it, it? Is it still? Yeah, I think there was like this controversy because the Australian team couldn't get vaccinated or something. And they're they're not able to go, so they bowed out of it. But yeah, it's seems a, like they just make sports up. Skateboarding, skateboarding is there. Yeah, U.S. should be good at skateboarding. Mm, kinda. All them kids in California, that's all they do is skateboard. Mm. Skateboarding is ridiculous worldwide now. Got better people in like Spain. Spanish skateboarders are mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Brazil. Yeah, I can see the Brazilians are kind of crazy. <laughs> and there's a street street skating, not not so much the the big ramps stuff. Although I saw a story on uh, what real... are they going to do? Like have cars drive and, and then like you skate in between them to try to see if you get hit by the car? Like well, that, that video game, kickflips and fifty fifty grinds and. So it's like snowboarding, except on ice. Uh, on uh, yeah, and there's, there's like stairs and little ramps and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. Street skating. Google it. I was a good street skater back in the day. Now, this if the Olympics are in Japan, does that mean that it'll be in the middle of the night, or this, most of the stuff will be in the morning? I'm sure all all times it's gonna be weird. I mean, when the races, you know, when we watch the race from Japan, it's usually like it's all two over. o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Was that one track that's like not part of anything? It's the one that was was it Tokyo City? Yeah, and it's like it's not even like JRA, so it's like like a rebel track, and they they run at weird times. It's like four thirty in the morning. It's like the Jack Thistle down of Japan. Yeah, it's totally Jack Thistle. Or those uh, 
those those little uh what you call it um quarter horse in the woods up in Ocala. Yeah. It's like one of those fake racing. They should have uh, Olympic should horse racing should be an Olympic sport. No. It is. It's the Breeders' Cup. Kinda. Only when Order of Australia wins. And he's not even Australian. Right? Jerk. Horse will never win again. That's the, that's the craziest part about that whole thing. That horse will not win again. Can't believe I left him off the ticket. <laughs> I got all Europeans. Uh, Except. <laughs> did you put the 15 on there? Oh, shit. I forgot he's in. Who wins? Of course. Dude, and I ate it out back before the races. That should have been the tip-off. I'm like, I ordered Australia that day. Left him off the ticket. I had everybody behind him, for sure. Oh, well. Wow, However not... much money I made that day, I would have spent it by now anyways. Depends. For sure. Well, it's been real. Always. And, uh... I'm going to send the, uh... 5 over to your house to check your license. Man, that was like so frustrating. Yeah, it was, I'm sure it was a shock. <laughs> what do you mean I'm suspended? How, why am I suspended? I haven't done anything in a long time. I've been driving slow. People make fun of me. I drive slow. Oh, please. And, uh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm never in a hurry to go anywhere. Well, down here, a lot of times, you don't have that choice. Yeah, traffic. But, well, we got, like I said, we got one more weekend. And this weekend, we got next weekend with the the Belmont races and then uh, Delmar and Saratoga. That's what's up, man. The prime Come time. It's getting to be prime. Around the farm, far turn on the, on the year. Prime time. <laughs> And then once again, it will be championship meet time, and I will make my usual fifty to sixty trips down to South Florida. <laughs> Day trips. <laughs> Actually, my parents are coming uh, at the end of July, so I think I think we might come down, spend the day at the track. My parents love the track, and they live in South Carolina now, so. Clearly, there's nothing there as far as horse racing goes, and they live vicariously through the Going in Circles podcast. Mm-hmm. They're they're avid listeners. There we go. But they also want the action, man. They want to go. Out, yeah. You know, my mom's my mom's a super slot player. She well, hit for twelve thousand in the in the McCarran Airport in Vegas. Wow, nobody How hits you do that? 12,000. No one hits for 12,000 in the McCarran Airport. Yeah. Don't understand that. It's named after Greg McCarran, not Chris McCarran. <laughs> Dorchester's finest. Oh, man. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. So it's open. I mean, back to uh... going to Alvin's, getting some Brussels sprouts. 
I saw Alvin the other day. Yeah? Yeah. Is he in his Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> He's got one. I know. Um, Probably got two. <laughs> yeah, you got one he doesn't even drive down here. Uh, yeah, Malafat is racing in the uh, the coaching club at Saratoga on July 24th. I was going to say it's like the second week, right? And Zagel is going to point uh, tentatively to the test. That's so, good. I'm, I'm excited. Seven furlongs. So, you know, they don't want to race them against each other. So, uh, Happy Saver is going to run uh, is going to run the Suburban this weekend. Of course, he's going to run his eyeballs out. And win again. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All righty. Everything else good? Yeah. Just trying to maintain staying safe and healthy. That's all we can ask for, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed to see that the Churchill Downs fix was in with the Chicago Bears. Oh, man, that was so disappointing. Arlington. It was such a setup. We kind of knew it, too, but I mean, we just it, never it, thought. I mean, the, the, the odds of keeping that place open were like slim a million to one. Now it's but, really. But, but, but now you're now it's like this whole facade of, of they all oh, we're going to have open bidding and this and that and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It seems like. The and the Bears are like, oh, we just partnered up. For the casino, we got the yeah, the bears. Oh, you're book. gonna like sell that track? Oh, geez, really? Well, well, maybe we'll come out there and hey, you got a casino too. Let's be partners. <laughs> Such well, a scam. Such a setup. Yes, it is, but uh, it's, that's the way you know. It's the way of the world. They're all they're trying to make money, and the bears don't care. And the bears suck anyway. So it doesn't make. Yeah, I said it. The bears suck. Oh boy. Watch out for that uh, email box. You might get uh, hey, listen, a hard to handle Joe Christofek in your in your mentions. <laughs> There's not a lot of evidence <laughs> to the contrary of that opinion right now. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know what would set Joe off would be any any bear uh, bull slander. He would definitely hit you up immediately. I'll be honest, I, I can't, like, really, I mean, the Bulls are just, like, so off the radar at this point, like. Terrible. I mean, it's just hard. <laughs> and there's to no most... hope. You know what I mean? They don't have anything to build upon, I don't think. I mean, Zach Levine, at they this make, point. Like... They make a couple trades, but they don't seem like they're trades that are really going to, like, make a big, you know, like, a big push and. No, they need Tibbs and, and Derek Rose back. I have a shot. It just it just seems like uh, I, I just don't you know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to find great players, and that's that's the problem. Is that you really, um, even though the sports talk radio nonsense, this he's the number two guy in the team. He's number three guy. Eh, it's all bullshit. When you're out there and you're shooting the ball and you're playing. Nobody's number one. Nobody's number two. Number you're you're all just playing on the on the court. All that stuff is is fine to talk about, but no yeah. one's like, oh, I'm gonna skip past him because he's the number two guy. And they're just gonna... <laughs> the fact is, you need. Although I, I've had people I played with 
like you know, like in rec leagues and so on, that would do that. Yeah, because that that's why they're because you know, they're petty. But the fact of the matter is, is it's hard. You you need a great player to build upon, and and finding them is 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 not easy, and it's it's difficult. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about NBA trades and people talking about the Knicks and trading up, and I'm thinking, this isn't the NFL. In the NFL, if you if you had the 19th and 21st pick, you could do a lot of things. But there's two rounds. The second round, there might be five guys out of the second round that ever actually become, like, um, you know, above-average players. Some years less, some years more. But the second round is kind of a hit or miss. The second round in the NFL draft, uh, I mean, a lot of the players are almost as good as the first. Right, the, yeah, like the third, even the down the fifth round. Right, I mean, it, it's and, and you need a lot of guys. You you need, you know, in the NBA, you can draft other guys, but if they're not going to play, it doesn't make any difference. That's why they the, do that, the European thing, and they, oh, well, we'll take the draft rights. Draft and stash. So-and-so. Right. right. Even and though he has no round contracts over. are not Second-round contracts aren't guaranteed. So... They can take a guy and they can cut him and they lose nothing, or they can send him to the G League and, and pay him, you know, minimum Top whatever. Moment. Right. Top. And and uh, it's just not, you know, it's like, well, who else? I said, you know, Orlando, they've got two picks and then the Warriors have two picks. And I'm not saying that the Knicks can't do something, but I mean, to me, the only team that might like trade down would be like Sacramento. So, and, and I don't even know if they will. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, they would. That might be pie in the sky that they would trade nine for 21. And, and you know, and the other problem is this is as, as in the NBA, when you have two first round picks in a given year and both players hit, well, after the fourth year, you have to pay those guys pay them. a lot. <laughs> yeah. The, the so, gap and all that stuff. Right. It, it's tough. It's tough to get. Um, you know, you want it staggered so you don't have to pay all the guys at the same time. So, you know, and that's it. And that's if, you know, a best case scenario, if the guys turn out to be really good, which is great, but the salary cap is, is something that, you know, it's difficult to understand and like just trying to put trades together, even like fake trades. Um, There's so many rules. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard. It's, it, it's it's like there's a reason why the guys who uh, get hired to run NBA front offices now are all coming from you know Ivy League schools with uh, degrees in economics and things like that because it's it's difficult to try to. I mean, there's so many different you know categories and. Um, well, all I know is is Noah is still a free agent, so Knicks need to get him back. Knicks have a full roster. I know they do. They have, you know, this not a very expensive. They have they have choices to make though. Yeah, they signed a bunch of guys, and last year was the right thing to do to to really, you know, cheap kind of show me deals, and a bunch of them actually outplayed their. They good, yeah. So you know that now the 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 quandary is. Um, who you, who are you going to pay again and who yeah. you going to go? <laughs> right. I mean, those guys are going to want raises. And who do you keep? Who do you let go? And I don't know. It's 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 a tough question. I mean, it's, it's you know, everyone wants to trade for Dame Lillard, but 
No, his contract is stupid, ridiculous. Well, it's funny, even on like so racing Twitter doesn't have the clickbait that that uh, that regular sports have. A guy from one of the Knicks sites the other day put, you know, Knicks to trade for uh, a shade, you know, Alexander from from Oklahoma City, and it's like that's never gonna happen. Right? <laughs> like I just had to click on it just to see kind of what the guy's theory was. And he really didn't even make a theory. It was just kind of like, wow. It was like, oh, I'll just say this. Yeah, so it'd be cool. great to get him. Yeah, you know, it'd be great to like, you know, have a Lamborghini too. But like, there's, you got to have a path to get it. It's it's just, he's, he's like 23 years old and he, he's a star player. And um, he plays for a team that has 58 draft picks and, and not much <laughs> else. Like, why would they trade him? They need, they don't need more draft picks. They don't need the Knicks crappy picks. And and like who on the Knicks would would they trade for him? Like it it made like no sense. But I mean, it's just sometimes the delusions of, of people. But uh, erasing, we don't really have clickbait websites for the most part. But uh, but yeah, uh, they got me. I I I just needed to see like what the guy's theory was on how they were going to acquire him and. And he really, he gave all the reasons why they should acquire him, which is like, you know, like saying, hey, we have a cash, you know, an envelope full of cash. Do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> if it were only that easy. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the catch? And that's, that was the whole point was, you know, he didn't even offer, he didn't even offer up like what a possible trade might be. And there, there is none. There's none. There's no trades. Just like Dame Lillard thing. Like Portland's not going to trade him for a bunch of junk, right? He's no. not going to the Lakers for, uh, for. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, over the last few days, the Lakers don't have any assets. The Lakers don't have any picks. The Lakers don't have any any um any no players. flexibility. None. What, what, where, who are they going to trade for him? Kuzma. Nobody wants him. Yeah, yeah. Trade, trade Kuzma and. Uh... I put a stupid trade up there just to see if people would bite. You know, they're not going to trade for those guys. Like, it's not going to happen. Not this year. Not any year. Drew Holiday, who's a good player. Okay, he's a good player. He's a very good defensive player. He's, you know, he's not in Dame Lillard's league. He's just not. He's a B level star. Not even close. Dame Lillard's like an A plus level star, and Dame Lillard's old. I mean, he's not twenty two years old. I mean, he is like thirty one years old. So they traded like five draft picks, five number ones, and uh, between pick swaps and 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 like players. Like so, so what are you going to trade for for Dame Lillard? Seven number one picks, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you make that. Like, I just don't know how. And they did that for a guy that that had a power outage during, <laughs> during the net series. This couldn't shoot. Yeah, he did. He, he actually did not play that well in the net series. He's played better, and and yeah, he's playing better now. But playing better in Nets, it was all. But it, it was. It's like you have to. You have to make. You have to have things to trade. You have to have things to trade, and you know you have to have assets. If you don't have assets, you're gonna and you got to give up. They're not trading them for your second level players. They're just they're just not. 
And there's only a couple teams that make sense to, to, to take a guy that's making $45 million a year that's in Miami. his 30s. Miami's got nothing to trade for him, though. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, Miami's got players to trade, except they're, they'd have to trade all their good players. So he'd wind up in the same situation in Portland, except it'd be Miami. They'd have to right. give up Ed Bayou and uh, um, Jimmy and Jimmy Butler and probably probably one of the, the, the white yeah, guys. He's not a free so, agent. If he was a free agent, it might be a little different story, but he's you know, not. So, so it's like, yeah, I mean, he's going to be in the same situation here. Right. It might be worse. That's that's the hard part is that uh, the teams that have good draft picks because picking number twenty four in the NBA that's not a great draft pick. That's not a great pick. It's not like the NFL. It's different. And no, you get out of the lottery, then it's it's shaky. <laughs> right. So so those aren't great picks, and usually the teams that have those good picks are not good teams. A la the Magic. Right. Number Cleveland. Five. You know the teams that are in it all. all, all the Sacramento, time. Houston's back in there again. They've you know kind of imploded. Detroit. Detroit's got the number one pick. You know Detroit hasn't had a number one pick since Bob Lanier. Oh yeah, that's right. Because Darko wasn't number one, right? No, he was number three. three right? You know, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, he was number two. He was two, right? Yeah. They took it was either Carmelo or Darko, or, yeah, uh, or or Dwayne Wade or Darko. Wade, <laughs> yeah. That was not a good, pretty good draft was, actually. That year. it was a pretty good draft. It just wasn't a good. Just draft. not that guy. Just not for him. <laughs> like everybody was a Hall of Famer in the first part of the draft, except Darko, who wasn't even like good. Close. Not even wasn't even like starter level. Darko, and he had that name. How can he be good if your name is Darko? Anyways, we'll uh, we'll be on with Crunk tomorrow, and uh, can't wait. We've got to get those videos going. Yes, we'll start taping this week. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll get ready for the big meets. I'm ready. All right, my man. All right. Have a good one. Take it easy. Tell Breezy. Yeah. Cool. I got a letter from Wes today. Oh, yeah? Just a form letter saying, you know, address where we can write and how everything's going to work, but not him actually writing. Where is he at? In uh, Illinois, Great Lakes. Illinois. It's kind of an interesting place for the Navy to send you. Yeah. So he's there for eight weeks and then... uh, He's off to A school in Pensacola. Yeah. Well, good luck to him. Yeah. Captain Wes. <laughs> Cheerio. British <laughs> Chuck. He can, he can, he can, uh, once he learns to sail, he can, he can, be the captain of our pirate ship. I'm I'm down. We can do that. Sounds like a plan. All right, my man. Good All right, take care. As always, and uh, we'll uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you guys uh, soon.
Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My co-host on the Big Monday Show, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us momentarily. Mr. Spears is still in Twitter jail for those uh, asking. He uh, probably explain a little bit more today about when he's getting out. Parole has not been granted as of yet, though the crime was pretty petty. Uh, we're going to talk about Churchill Downs' closing card, Latrushka, a uh, little bit about the Ohio Derby, some of the three-year-old races uh, upcoming. Seems like there's a plethora of three-year-old events right around this time. We uh, also talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming meets at Saratoga and Del Mar, and um, I'm really looking forward to them this year, which is kind of like saying that, you know, looking forward to ice cream or free cash, but uh, but this will be a, 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 I think it'll be a really, um, really great, great summer for racing, and uh, hopefully uh, everything goes well. But we'll be right back uh, with the sniper, Mr. Barry Spears. <laughs> 